The Informed Traveler with Randy Sharman is brought to you by mygrouptravel.ca. Got a group? Want to travel? Get a quote. Go to mygrouptravel.ca. And to listen to the show online, go to theinformedtraveler.ca. Welcome again to the Informed Traveler Radio Show. I'm Randy Sharman. This part of the show is brought to you by Park to Go Value Valet. No hassles, no delays. That's a promise. And one of our regulars on the show is Jim Broadhead from Pipestone Travel Store. And he just got back from Vietnam and Cambodia. And he was kind enough to take the time to share his experience. He joins us on the phone now. Hi, Jim. Good morning, Randy. So uh, tell us where you went and for how long and some of the highlights. And why'd you do it? <laughs> well, that that was coming later. <laughs> okay, yeah. yeah, we can do that later. Yeah, well, we uh, well we started off in um, in Vietnam, so we did basically the whole length of Vietnam. Then we went over to uh, Cambodia, then up to Laos, and then back to Vietnam. So we started off in Hanoi, and then which is the capital city of Vietnam, and then mm-hmm. out to Halong Halong Bay, and then back to Hanoi for a day, and then caught a plane down to a place called Hue. And uh, then down to Da Nang, and then Ho Chi Minh City, and then we went over to uh, Phnom Penh uh, to see the killing fields and all that mm-hmm. sort of good stuff. And uh, then up to Siem Reap and saw all the temples, you know, Angkor Wat and that, all the temples that are associated up there. And then uh, we flew into uh, Luan Prabang, which is in Laos. And uh, that was basically the chill out part of the vacation because we always like to get a little bit of rest before we come home. You mm-hmm. know? Hung out there for a few days and uh, local markets and had these fabulous waterfalls and all that kind of good stuff. And then we headed back into uh, Hanoi for three days and then made the journey home. Very nice. How long were you gone? We were gone uh, just under a month. And uh, there were so many things to do all the way through. I mean, when we traveled, it was actually Tet, which is a uh, uh, national holiday in mm-hmm. Vietnam which is the equivalent to the Chinese New Year. They basically have the same length of celebration and time frame. Because yeah. um, they run off that lunar calendar as well, so it, uh, it all sort of coincided with our time in Ho Chi Minh City, uh, the actual uh, day itself, which was just spectacular, all the celebrations and events. And every city seemed to do these blocks, and they call them the flower flower blocks, I think it was mm-hmm. the actual name of it. Mm-hmm. But it was just... a two or three city blocks, like a big square, all uh, cordoned off, and there was just flowers everywhere. Wow. Must have been qu- big, quite a colorful sight then, eh? It was beautiful. I mean, in the the oriental colors are kind of gold and red and that. Anyway, they seem to have a lot of that colors in, in their celebrations. So. And then just all the traditional dressed and garments, and everybody was just dre- dressed up, and it was just a real happy sight and uh the pictures we are they were just amazing but all the flowers were virtually all fresh and uh you know made out made up every day and it was just amazing the uh just the whole atmosphere nice so now here's the million dollar question what was your uh, interest in going into that part of the world well because it was there <laughs> uh, we've we've always wanted to go and i've been i was always i've always been intrigued by the cambodian part um, the whole region itself has faced, you know, over the centuries, um, quite a lot of um, war and violence you mm. know, from the French occupation back in the early centuries and stuff, and that whole transition. And then the Vietnam War, there was all sorts of, uh, you know, things that, as we learned in school, there was always uh, quite, a, quite a lot of contention going on over there. So I always wanted to go see that part of the world. 
And uh, so we ended up going. And the, the more we looked into the things that were going on there and were available to do, it was uh, it was very a, a really turned into a real cultural trip for us. And, mm-hmm. uh, it was tremendous. I mean, uh, you know, we go there for the to get experience about seeing the place and and trying the food. I mean, that's always a great thing about traveling, trying some of the local foods and that. Uh, the thing that amazed us the most, absolute most, was just the people. I mean, the people were as gracious as anybody I've ever met anywhere in the world, and they were just happy and just glad to see you and do anything for you, and it was just uh, it was an excellent excellent trip. Very nice. So now, this was, was this a guided tour or something you just sort of did on your own from place to place? Yeah, we did it about half and half. I mean, we took um, some of the... Because it was Tet, we wanted to have something that was structured in some of those areas, like specifically right around the base, so mm-hmm. that way we wouldn't end up trying to get booked into a hotel and there was no vacancies or go to a place to eat and there, everybody was closed. So mm-hmm. we thought an operator would be able to help us out better with that. So they, we did that, and then um, half the trip, it was probably about a 50-50 split. So some of it was just things we did ourselves and, you know, use the good old trip advisor and all those places. Yeah. To, find out things to do in different parts of uh, the country where we were and, and did that. And it was just fabulous. So you touched on the people. Uh, one thing I'd like to know is language. Was that a barrier at all? You know, it, it wasn't really. I mean, uh, I think especially in Vietnam where the, uh, you know, because of the American influence, uh-huh. there was a lot of, a lot of leftover guys from the war and they just sort of stayed there, you know? And, and so English has become a fairly, fairly uh, prevalent part of the, uh, the culture and a lot of the um, signs as well have English on them. So it, it's, it's fairly navigable by yourself if you just want to, you know, say, hey, I'm going and uh, make it work. That mm-hmm. would be very, very easy to do. Now, the one thing that is a little bit strange is the conversions on the dollars. <clears throat> uh, if you look at uh, the Vietnam dong, I think it was 16,000 to one. Well, <laughs> that leads to that leads to some pretty big numbers. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah, that'll be eight hundred seventy-five thousand dong, and you're like, what? What's that in dollars? <laughs> That's a pretty expensive cup of coffee. It sounds like. Yeah. <laughs> so just things like that. It took a little bit of time to get our heads wrapped around, but um, and they preferred their own money. Uh, they seemed like over the American dollar, and we had heard a lot of reports that if you buy with American, you can pretty much be guaranteed they would give you a local currency back. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we didn't experience that at all. If we paid in American, nine times out of ten, we got American back. Oh, really? Well, that's good. Yeah. So if we paid in, in the local currency, we got the local one back. Mm-hmm. So, uh, uh, any, any, you touched on the food, too. Any favorite foods or things you oh, didn't want to uh, sort of <laughs> share? <laughs> <laughs> well, there was a couple of markets, night markets that we went to that the creepy crawlers on a stick were out, and uh, I had always told myself, you can do that. You can go and you can eat a spider or you could eat a... But I got there and they had these uh, headless deep fried snakes on a stick and I, I just couldn't do it. <laughs> I don't <laughs> it blame was, you. <laughs> it was only 50 cents, but I, I couldn't do it. I just said, man, I got better use of my 50 cents than putting a snake in my mouth. <laughs> or 8,000, whatever there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, the food itself, like um, the soup, the noodle soup, uh, we call it here, we call it pho, but they there they call it pho. Ah. Mm-hmm. They have a, but the beef noodle soup is just amazing. Uh, you can get the chicken noodle, and they have the banh mai, like the Vietnamese subs. Yeah, yeah. Just uh, incredible over there. I mean, uh, that was one of the good things that the, sort of came from the French uh, occupation there was they learned how to bake the uh, the breads really well, and their their breads there are just incredible. Mm. And everything is fresh, like, um, you know, the 
Um, all the meats and that is chopped up basically that day and yeah. used. You go to the markets and it's all it's all a very there's not a lot of real big refrigeration throughout the whole country. I mean they do have them. Mm-hmm. Uh, each house will have a little apartment size or a bar fridge, but they don't have the monstrosities that we have where they you know store things and yeah. freeze, freeze them and have crispers and all that kind of stuff. Well, I'm kind of like you when it comes to the historic part, and I remember growing up in the 60s and the Vietnam War and the American mm-hmm. influence there. And and when you mentioned Tet, I think of the Tet Offensive, uh, ironically. Yeah. It's just one of those things that stuck in my head. But uh, you're, yeah. you you also said there's still quite a quite a bit of uh, American influence there from the Vietnam War, yeah? There is, yeah. And one of the things that uh, I would encourage anybody to do if you're in Hanoi is go to what they call the Hanoi Hilt, where they kept a lot of the American pilots. Mm-hmm. Uh, that were downed, and the um, majority of the, of the um, prison is gone now, but uh, they've got just a, and it took us about two and a half hours to go through and really do a nice little, uh, you know, sort of viewing at all the stations and seeing all the stuff that was there, and they had a lot of documents and documentary sort of things on there, but they were, it gave a different side. It sort of gave their side of the whole story instead of yeah. what we get in the Western world, so yeah, yeah. it was nice to kind of piece the two together and say, okay, somewhere in the middle here is kind of where we need to be settling our brain. You know? mm-hmm, exactly. <laughs> it was nice to do that. Uh, so what, what's the weather like there at this time of year? Is it hot? No, it was cool up in the northern part of, um, of uh, Vietnam. It was around 16 to 18 degrees. Um, and then around the middle, uh, down in Hoi An, it was around 20 to 22. And then Ho Chi Minh, it was you know low to mid-30s. So there's quite a variance between the two. Mm-hmm. And uh, like the, uh, all over. And then Cambodia was right around that 30 degrees. And then uh, in Laos, it was back to that um, 18 to 26, I think, or 24 in there. And then we got back into Hanoi and it dropped back down to about 17 degrees before we left. So, and it was, it was misty and uh, uh, just sort of like a San Diego in the morning. You go oh, yeah, yeah. And stuff like that. And then it yeah. cleans off uh, midday. <clears throat> so are you going to have and, uh, some of your uh, photos on your next newsletter? We are. We've got a whole, uh, a whole patch of stuff coming up. And, awesome. Uh, we'll have a lot of the pictures in the stores on our rotating uh, TV uh, Perfect. screens that we've got going out there. So it's, uh, yeah, we're looking forward to getting it all sort of cataloged and put it all together and uh, go well, from there. I'll look forward to the photos on the newsletter. If people want to sign up, they can go to your website, pipestonetravelstore.com, and then they can get the photos. And uh, Jim Broadhead... Glad to talk to you. I'm glad you made it, made it back safely, and then we'll chat down the road, I'm sure. Appreciate it, Randy. Thanks very much. The Informed Traveler with Randy Sharman is brought to you by mygrouptravel.ca. Got a group? Want to travel? Get a quote. Go to mygrouptravel.ca. And to listen to the show online, go to theinformedtraveler.ca.